Hello friends, it's Jada, and you're listening to the Cover and the Title Page podcast. I'm so excited to be sharing this episode with you all today. In this episode, we are talking with some pretty incredible friends of mine. Well, I have to say this, they started off as Kevin's friends and they have now become mine. It's always nice when you marry into such lovely friendships. The Wasson family is from the beautiful island of Oahu where they pastor a thriving church in Waiwa. We visited them this past fall. It was my first trip to Hawaii and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the people, the culture, and the island itself was breathtaking. What made the trip extra special was getting to spend time with the Wassons. They were so kind to us and made us feel right at home. They are true Christians with a genuine love for people. So today, you'll get to hear a conversation we had back in January. We talked about their journey to planning a church in Hawaii, personal trials that led to deeper depths in Jesus, and what makes them close. I'm so excited for you to get to know them. Can you guys just kind of go around and briefly um, introduce yourselves? I guess starting with mom. Hi, I'm Judy Watson, and I am from Hawaii. We live kind of on the North Shore, which is Wahiwa, the highest inhabited place in Hawaii. And yeah, we have a church out there, and I really love living there. Hi, I'm Krista Joy Wasson. I'm the oldest child in the family and the boss, just kidding. And I'm from Oahu, Hawaii as well. I grew up there, born and raised, but I've recently moved to Stockton, California. And I loved growing up in Hawaii with my family and just helping with the church there. Uh, Hi, I'm Angelina Wasson. I'm the youngest um, of the family. I've lived in California since I was um, 18. I started out in Sacramento, um, and then I just recently moved to Stockton because of a change of colleges, but I am from Wahiwa as well, and I really did love growing up there and spending a lot of time there. That's cool. Can you, one of you, um, kind of talk about how you, and I guess maybe that would be mom, how you ended up in Hawaii? Okay, so for me, I was in high school and I was taking college classes at the same time in high school. And so I graduated a year early from high school. So at 16 or 17, right around there, I took a trip to Indonesia and um, I used to dance ballet. And while I was in Indonesia, um, they do fire dances there. And these fire dances are very, very demonic. And so I was in a bungalow next to the fire dance and literally they were letting themselves be possessed and their eyes would go and they would like just frail around and I didn't go down to the dance but inside my bungalow I could feel something began to choke me and I was literally being choked at at 17 years old by myself in a foreign country it was very very scary so i got up i was able to get up and i ran down to the beach now i grew up on the beach in santa cruz california in aptos and um it was always my place my connection and i began to pray now i've never been raised in church i did not know god 
but I began to pray and my prayer was, God, if you are there, you've got to be stronger than to whatever is choking me back there. Mm-hmm. Whatever that, that dark force was, there, you have to be stronger than it. And that was my prayer. And so I had, um, I left Indonesia and went to China in the hotel room in China. I was by myself because I was trying to get back to the United States. And in that hotel room, I was still upset about the situation that had happened to me. I couldn't talk to anybody because I sounded crazy to say that something was choking me that was unseen. Yeah. It just was a, a situation in which I was felt so alone. So I started to cry in the hotel room and I was by myself. And the Holy Ghost came in as I cried. And as I began to talk to God, I could feel the presence of God. Now, I've never been in a Pentecostal service, so I don't, I don't know how to get the Holy Ghost. But I tell you that if I would have known to speak in tongues, I would have spoken tongues right there. But he and I, God and me, connected. And it was a pursuit after that hotel room in China for me to find him. When I went made a layover in Hawaii and then back to California. I had met people in Hawaii. So I decided to go to college in Hawaii, came back to the islands. And one of my first classes was a Spanish class. And in that class, this boy had a shirt on and it said something about being a Christian. So I asked him, I said, oh, are you a Christian? And he turned to me and he said, yeah, and I speak in tongues every day. When he said, I speak in tongues every day, I felt the same spirit that I felt in China. And it was just, that was all it took. He took me to service with him and I received the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name. I haven't been out of church since that time. But God called me and God pulled me. Mm -hmm. And we started a work in Hawaii. My husband had heard about the Wassons. They were... I think eight years in the islands military. So they were in church and really active in the church. They had left back to the mainland and my husband was in Bible school. And we met at a general conference. And so then he came back to Hawaii. So most all his life, he grew up in the islands. And I started about age 17, grew up in the islands. So we've been there for a long time. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, we've seen a lot of changes. So um, can you talk about starting the church and the journey and the process of all of that? When we were first started out in church, there was one church in the islands, one church. And so we formed a district. When we formed the district, we had two churches. Then more churches began to be formed. And there was no church on the North Shore. There was no church in Wahiwa, which is kind of like far out. Everybody was starting their churches kind of close together. And so my husband felt a call to go out to Wahiwa. And we went to our pastor and, and let him know that that's what we were feeling. And he endorsed it. And so we went out and started a church there, just us, with nobody, wow. with nothing, with no building. And we... Um, rented a school building and Krista was was only Krista, Carrie and myself and we just started going door to door, knocking on doors and of course God began to bless and it began to grow and we began to grow. We had Nathaniel and then we had Angelina. Church is still there today and it's a great church. So I honestly did not know that you guys were kind of like the first people out there. So when we went to Wahiwa, God had given me a vision And it was a vision of red dirt, which is the dirt in Hawaii. It's like clay. And 
somebody with a shovel and there wasn't even an ounce of green anywhere. It was just dry red dirt and a shovel. And he showed it. This was what we were doing. And I was like, oh God, could you just show me this beautiful building or show me something? Yeah. But it, I knew that it was going to be work. And that's exactly what it has been. It's been a lot of work. It's that foundational thing. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody comes in, they can build on top of that. Mm-hmm. But if somebody doesn't make that first path, it never will happen. So I've talked to different pastors' wives, different pastor's kids that are from Hawaii and they talk about how hard it is. And we've talked about even like the spiritual opposition, but how have you, even as a family, like how have you stayed encouraged? I actually feel really strongly about this. I think my parents were really good about this. I feel like when we first started the church, like my mom was saying that it was really rough, it was hard and it was tilling that ground. And I mean, pastoring, you're gonna go through pain. You're gonna go through heartache and people are people. And I think one of the things that helped kind of bind us together as a family is um, laughing. We would just laugh together. You know, we would go through a situation at church and it might stress us out. But when we got home, we would sit together as a family and we would just laugh and we would have fun together. We would do things as a family. I heard somebody say once, the family that plays together stays together. And that's kind of what we did. We just found a way to have fun with each other. And it made life fun. It made living for God and ministry a joy. And it really bonded us. Definitely, I felt like it wasn't always easy. Um, Just the fact that you're a girl growing up in Hawaii, especially, and but then you're also Pentecostal kind of made some challenges in itself, you know, like the way we keep our hair, the way we dress, kind of how we act, like, and the whole almost like mentality of people in Hawaii is this, um, it's very hedonistic is how like my dad would describe it. It's just do what you want, like, and so whenever you meet people there with kind of almost like rules, morals, like any form of religion, it's always seen as weird. So definitely growing up, I had a lot of resentment for a while where I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I just want to be like every other like person in Hawaii. They're having such a great time. We're on like paradise. And I'm like in church all the time. What the heck? Like, I want to go to the beach or something. (laughs) But I think definitely what Krista was saying about our family is true. We always found the humor in kind of like a sad situation. Like, we would always find something to be happy about, like... Mm -hmm. You know, whether it even be, like, a meal, like, because our family, we love to eat. Like, <laughs> That's a problem. Whether it just be a meal together, we we have something to be excited for after dealing with, like, a not-so-great situation. That's true. And I think that is something that really helped us because it's something I still do to this day. Mm-hmm. I could have a bad day, and I'm like, well, I have this thing to look forward to or be grateful for. Yeah. And that's just a really valuable lesson, I think. That's cool. You mentioned something, Angie, about just kind of wanting to do what everyone else was doing. Yeah. So with when it comes to, because you're now at Bible College, mm-hmm. and you're at you went to Bible College, mm-hmm. and then of course you're in ministry. Can you guys kind of talk about like maybe your personal callings and how like God called you? So, I think personal callings are something that's not like a one-time thing where God has called me and I had this one-time revelation. It's been a continuous journey throughout my life. 
of God continually shaping me, molding me, aligning me with his mindset and what he wants. And it's almost been like a breaking of my own will into following his. And one thing I really found is every time I try to make my own plans, because I'm very A-type and I like control and plans, but every time I do that, he continually changes it on me. And Mm -hmm. so I think for my calling, what I've learned the most is just to submit to him and that still small voice. So when he speaks and says, go here, do this, then you do it. And it's like those little steps lead to his will and his calling on your life. Yeah. Um, I feel like mine's like a little trickier because especially growing up, um, Krista was definitely a lot more plugged into church than I was like right off the bat. Um, Growing up, like, I really, uh, I was pretty much just not really in church, like, in high school. Like, I just really did whatever I wanted. So I would really focus on, like, sports and stuff like that. And I think a lot of that was was because I didn't feel like I had a place in the church. Like, I didn't feel like I had a calling. And I kind of was a little jealous of people who were able to find their calling so easily. Like, you know, you have the people who sing, people who are comfortable speaking. And I was kind of sitting there like, I don't fit anywhere here. So I was like, obviously, I need to find something like not in the church because I don't belong in the church. So I spent a lot of time in like sports. I did cross country and track and field for a long time. And I figured I would do that all through college. So um, it really wasn't towards the end of high school where I started getting really into church again. And I was kind of like, you know what, God, it doesn't matter what I'm going to do. Um, I can just live for you and I will plan my whole life out. And that was kind of my mentality towards the end of high school. And then I got into my first year of Sac State uh, with, and I was going to go for pre-med. And I got in my first year at Sac State and I realized that I needed to go to Bible college from the very moment, like I went on that campus. I was, I just felt such a strong call to Bible college. And I started praying in my dorm room and I would speak in tongues in my dorm room. And I'd be sitting in the corner silently, like speaking in tongues because I didn't want to wake up my roommate. And I was, I've never had a year like that, like before that time where I just felt God so strong all the time. And it was so confusing because I was like, God, I'm not even really like all the way back in church yet. Like you saw how disconnected I was from you. I cannot go to Bible college. And I just felt it and felt it and felt it again. So finally, after a year of Sac State, I went to Bible college, still have no idea what my calling was at the time. And I go there and that's whenever I started taking ASL classes. And I started praying for the deaf community and I just started feeling such a burden for the deaf community. And I started getting really into ASL. And all of a sudden, I just started learning it really fast. like really really fast I've never learned a concept or language like this fast before and I kept praying about it signing concepts that I didn't know I knew and from that moment on I was like I felt like I had found my calling and I had this such a large burden and I still to to this day for the deaf community and that's kind of how I fell into it I was just really blindly trusting God I was at a camp meeting with Angelina when she was in high school and she was kind of struggling with her walk with God and God had shown me this vision of um, a skyscraper building and the rebar that that is the foundation throughout that building and God kept telling me this is who she is. 
you're that foundation. And I think that even with the ASL and even walking into this ministry that you have just touched the surface of what God is going to do in your life. And the struggle that you fought with prior was because of the fight of the extent of what God is going to do in your life. And so if you can look back on it, instead of despising or hating what you were, thank God for that time yeah. of struggle that he actually puts you into a place where he can launch you into the ministry in which he's going to launch you into. Yeah. It's trusting God. It's hearing the voice of God. It's knowing every day that he is with me and he is going to take me to a new step. I think our calling is like a river and it constantly... You have to flow with yeah, what yeah, you just It changes Absolutely. and I, I feel like, you know, we just stepped into prison ministry in Hawaii and I I feel like with myself, I'm always reluctant. Like I feel, I've never done it before. It's new, it's brand new. And then I just gird myself up and jump in and do whatever I can do in it. And then all of a sudden it's not new anymore. And it's something that we do all the time and it's beautiful. We've seen a lot of women's lives change. Yeah. And so then another thing will open up and then I'll be scared. I don't want to do it. It's new. I've never stepped in this water before, but I just cut, gird myself up in prayer and step into it. And that's, I think that's how our life is. A lot of times everything that's how is you raised new us and exciting. Yeah. Whatever, whatever is needed in <laughs> whatever the church, that's honestly. what you do. It doesn't matter if you're comfortable with it. You're the janitor of the Sunday school church. <laughs> <laughs> we told Nate uh, he had to play the, the uh, bass, and then we lost our drummer, so he was voluntold. Like, switch over. And now you're playing the drums. Yeah, but so it's I think that's PKs though. You probably yeah. had the same. You're soprano. Oh, now yeah. you're alto. Yeah. That happens in the middle of sets sometimes. <laughs> Just switch parts. <laughs> but that's. I mean, that's similar to how God works. I think with ministry. Mm. And he's constantly making you grow and your comfort zone is not a place that you need to stay in anyway. Yeah. But I, I actually really enjoyed hearing your testimony. I read something the other day that reminds me of that. And it was saying that people of faith are usually magnets for tough circumstances. And so I think as a whole, like when you think about like your past and like pains you've been through and hard times that you've been through, it's because he is setting you up for something great. I believe that. I do believe there is a greatness there. And um, absolutely those moments where he makes us dig into him because mm -hmm. he's all that we have and everything else is taken away. Right. They actually define us. I actually lost two children in between Krista and Nathaniel. And the first one, it was devastating to me, just devastating. The second one, I literally fell into depression. And I don't fight depression at all. I laugh at everything appropriate <laughs> and inappropriate. It is, it is my mechanism, mechanism to deal with situations. Depends. It helps me. It, it's, my, it's my way of getting myself through things. And uh, for me to be in depression is not a good thing. I think it was basically the only time I can remember in my life. But I remember thinking, I can't live like this. I can't be like this. I, I can't raise my, my child with myself like this. And I, I leaned up against the wall in the house and I think you were at school at the time. And I, I just, fell on the ground and a song started coming through my mind and it was, yes, Jesus loves me. And I started singing it 
And then I started singing it louder and louder and pretty soon it became my prayer. He loves me. He loves me. And somewhere in that song, God delivered me from the depression and I was able to give him my sorrow and give him my loss. And um, those moments in time, though, taught me to pray deep and they taught me to pray in areas that I would have never went to had God not allowed pain in my life. So I really feel like on the loss of the babies that um, I that is where I birthed into a deeper prayer relationship with God. And after I lost the second child, um, I had a really difficult time to become pregnant again. I just wasn't becoming pregnant. And I began to pray. And I remember one night I went into the bed the bathroom. I've always prayed in the bathroom. I know that's weird, but in Hawaii, we don't have like big houses or big places. Yeah. And so it's just kind of like a little the area. Private space. And I, yeah, I was so burdened and so sad and just so longing to have a family. I wanted a large family. And I prayed all night. It was an all night prayer. When I stood up, my eyes were swollen shut. I had cried so hard but I turned around now I don't know if it's like this in the mainland homes but in Hawaii homes the washer and dryer in the bathroom oftentimes and the washer and dryer um, was right there and there was um, detergent and it was called fresh start and I felt God speak to me when I looked at it and he said from this point it's a fresh start I felt this, you feel that? Yeah. <laughs> I feel the Spirit of God again in that. Um, but I realized that if I can get into Him, He can change circumstances. If I can pour my heart out to the place, too many people, they pray, but they don't wait on God to speak back to them. They don't wait or they don't pray through. Mm-hmm. They pray until they've said everything they want to say. But there is a sweet, sweet place on the other side if you can just wait on him yeah. or pray yourself yes. to, to your heart is clear, to a fresh start. Mm-hmm. And um, basically what happened with prayer in Hawaii, and I do do the Island Network of Prayer in Hawaii, um, is that Brother McGriffin was the superintendent at the time, Debbie Sanders, and I did the ladies. And he called, and I could hear all the men. They were in a board meeting. This wasn't fair, but they were in a board meeting. They put me on speakerphone, and they wanted somebody to start a prayer ministry. The worldwide network of prayer was exploding on the mainland, and they wanted somebody to do it in Hawaii. And so he said, you're on speakerphone with the district board, Sister Wasson. We want to know if you'll start up the prayer ministry. Well, what can you say? But yes, they're all listening to you, right? There's no excuse. So I said yes. And for a year, I did nothing with it because I really, again, I'm at that place where I'm standing there. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm scared. I'm scared. And so uh, Brother McGriffin kindly called me and said, you know, it'd be a shame to give you a position and you don't do anything with it. (laughs) And so I decided to start praying and ask God what he wanted to do. And so what we did was we took representatives from each church. So each pastor gave me a representative that would represent prayer in their church. And we began committee meetings and we began to have um, conferences and it's just grown. And this last conference was just tremendous. 
We had a withered hand healed. Wow. Somebody that had laid in bed, literally could barely walk across the floor, was completely healed. And God is doing amazing things Thanks, through God. it. Um, can you kind of talk about your mother-daughter relationship? Because you all seem so close. And I'm sure the experiences that you guys went through has, as you said, it's brought you closer. Can you guys kind of talk about, I don't know, aspects of that? I think living in Hawaii kind of added to our closeness because it's an island. So it's a little bit isolated out there. Yeah. And we don't have other family out there. I mean, our church has become our family. But when you're on an island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, you tend to be close to who you're with because that's who you have. Yeah. And I think that the, you know, the church and starting a church really helped bind us together as mother and daughter because you go through those hard times together. You go through those door knocking days together mm-hmm. and, and it just binds you together. And I know that my mom has prayed for us and she's poured out her spirit for us in our lives. And so I know some of the reason that we're close is almost like in a spiritual sense. Yeah. Because we care for each other so much. We carry each other in prayer. We have burdens for each other's ministry, not just our own. But I think a lot of our closeness is due to my mom, honestly. Yeah. She's probably the most amazing person that I've ever met in my life. Yes. And so she has always made it her mission to know what we are into. Like, like when my brother and sister started doing track, she started running with them. (laughs) She started doing marathons with my brother and sister, not because she wanted to, but because she knew that's what they were into. Mm -hmm. And she's always kind of made it her mission to know what we like. And then she joins in and she just is selfless. And how could you not love that? Buy me a dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think another big thing was uh, I had mentioned a time like whenever I was in high school, middle school, I I really wasn't in church. Like, I would go to church, I would sit there, and I'd be like, "Cool." Mom would be like, "Can you like pray or something?" <laughs> um, but I knew all during that time, my mom would be in her room just interceding for me, yeah. praying for me, you know, weeping over yeah. like my state because she knew where I was at. Like you could see it. You could see just like the pain, the depression on my face, like everything I was going through. And I constantly was just so not the daughter I should have been to my mom. And I was constantly just being, you know, bad, disrespectful. But she kept loving me through it. She kept praying for me. She kept interceding because it was the unconditional love of a mother. Right. And my mom has always shown us that. And that's something you can't really repay. It's not something that I don't think I could ever thank her enough for. And it's a big reason why we're so close. It really is. Yeah. My mom has always shown the family unconditional love and support no matter what we do. And... You know, whenever I, so specifically whenever I decided to go to Bible college, I was in the library studying and I had heard the voice of God, like while I was studying, say like, go to Bible college. My mom was the first person I called and just the first thing she said, she was like, I know you're supposed to be there. And she's like, let's just get you there, finish up this year and we'll go. She's just always been like that. She's so supportive. She listens to the voice of God. Right. And she's always there for us. It's not perfect. No, we're not perfect. <laughs> no, we're not. 
Yeah, but I appreciate all. that. That was really sweet, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. When I married my husband, and he is like fourth generation Pentecostal and has this great heritage in the church, um, that that's what I wanted for my kids. I wanted them to have this thing that they could always have in their life. And so it's very, very important to me that my kids are raised in church and raised up and in a place where Hawaii is a lot different. And so I think a lot of PKs on the mainland must get a lot of pressure and a lot of people looking to them to be the leader. And we just didn't have that much of that. And we, well, okay, mm. their eyes are saying that they did have a lot of that. But I think that Hawaii is a little bit more loose, a little bit more relaxed. And we used it to is. tell the congregation too, you know, don't look to my kids to be your role model, their children. Let let's yeah. them, let's make all of our kids grow up together to serve God and to love God. Yeah. So yeah. we had great people, great people in the church. God has blessed us. Yeah. As a parent, because I run a school. So I, I work with parents all the time. We have 60 families within our, our school. And um, I see a, a reluctancy of parents to raise their children now. A reluctancy of parents to discipline their children or give instruction and sit with them and talk to them and focus. People are very focused on their own career and their own life. You're right. To kind of add on what my mom's saying about parents not really raising their kids, um, I've worked at her school for a while um, with the younger kids. And then I worked at another school my first year of Bible college, um, kind of like at a YMCA program. It was mm -hmm. for University of the Pacific, though. And I see that so heavily. Parents would put, them, put their kids in this YMCA program and they would it's okay to clarify it's meant to be for parents who don't get off work till late but they would just put them in this program because they don't want to be around their kids yeah that's yeah. such a big attitude you see today with parents it's like they don't want to be around I their kids i love being around my kids i yeah. when i had the day off i would that i wanted my family with me we see parents that are have the day off and they're like, oh no, you're, they yeah. take them to school. They're there at 6 a.m. And they have don't leave till like 5.30. Yeah. It's crazy. Don't you want to be with them? Don't you want, if you're going to go shopping, to have your children there so you can, we wanted, my husband and I wanted to influence our children. We didn't want their friends to, I mean, their friends will influence them and school will influence them and there will be those, but we wanted to be the major influence in their mm -hmm. life. We wanted to be the wisdom because we have the wisdom, we are older than them. Yeah. And still to this day, my husband will always say, why do they need to make the same mistakes we made? We can speak to them and tell them why do they need to make the same financial mistakes when we can sit with them and tell them the financial mistakes we made. Don't make these. Do it this way. Mm -hmm. yeah. So instruction of the elders is so important. And I see that link. Sometimes it's missing in kids. Yeah. It's missing. But I think that's part of why I love teaching is because you get to reach those kids that are going through that. Yeah. And so I think teaching like in itself is part of ministry for us. Working at the school is really a part of our calling.
And you get to see so many kids in Hawaii specifically who have really dysfunctional families. It's a problem there. And so I've always kind of felt blessed in that regard that we were able to reach kids. We've like won a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. We've gotten a lot of people filled with the Holy Ghost through the school. Yeah. But it's a ministry and we look at it as a ministry. Absolutely. It's not just a money making thing. It's a, it's a ministry. It's a, <laughs> I don't think it makes and we money. Don't make <laughs> <laughs> it helps to pay the rent. So, so um, yeah. But I think keeping their eye on the harvest, always looking at the harvest, always looking at people as souls. Right. Is key. Right. Every day. That's a soul. Even people when somebody matter. cuts you off, that's a soul. That's it. God breathed his breath of life into them. And right. and we always have to keep that on the forefront mm-hmm. of our mind that um, God died for them. That's great. It's so funny because you guys kind of touched on, I wanted to talk about the decision to be intentional with how you parented them. It's like mm-hmm. you guys just touched on a lot of the things that I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. But I think you guys did an amazing job at paying tribute to your mom. So. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day in advance. <laughs> That's how you can like end it. Just us going, Happy Mother's Day. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was, that was a lot of fun. That, that was, was fun. fun. You did great, Gina. I would love to do this again with you guys. You guys are Let's amazing. do it again. <laughs> Let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. <laughs> with pastries and stuff. I enjoy talking with those ladies so much. They are such a gift. I remember leaving so inspired by that conversation. And I know you were as well. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends. Go back to your favorite episodes and share it. We would love it if you took the time to write a simple review. It would really help other people discover this podcast. Also, happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. Thank you so much for the love and sacrifice you daily show. We love you. Thanks so much for listening.